Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily, and I have an interesting story for you. As you may or may not know, I am one of the world's top experts on the phenomenon called the Brown Mountain Lights in western North Carolina. In fact, I think I can safely argue that I am the top expert on the Brown Mountain Lights phenomenon. For one thing, I grew up an hour down the road from Brown Mountain. I spent 15 years with my team getting permits and camping up there with various scientists and scientific instruments doing studies. I have been on a lot of different TV shows talking about what we discovered, the National Geographic Channel, Discovery Channel, Travel Channel. I was the guy that Burke County asked to write the official book on the Brown Mountain Lights and uh, also create the official tour in the town of Morganton that talks about paranormal phenomena. I could go on and on. I even own the website brownmountainlights.com. So I'm sort of the Brown Mountain guy. And today I received a uh, a, a series of exchanges, emails and and phone call, etc., with um, a production company, a major production company, that is planning to do a TV program about the Brown Mountain Lights. Now, uh, I actually have worked with this production company at least a couple of times before. So when I say it's a big one, I mean, I, I know what I'm talking about. So here I am having this uh, interesting conversation, again, emails and phone calls, etc., with this lady from the production company trying to get a feel for what they have in mind. And so she was asking me if we also could communicate later in the week. And I told her that uh, that might be tricky for me because, you know, I am here right now in Las Vegas. And this week, of course, my great friends, investigator Dean Worsing and his wife, Anne, are in town hanging out with me and Lauren and we have a series of investigations, including some stuff we're doing around Area 51. And of course, when you get out in the desert, often you don't even have a cell phone signal. I mean, you're you're just not connected to you know what most of us are used to every day, especially if you're a podcast listener. I mean, that's a very it's a very disconnected feeling when you're out in the desert. And you're in places where there's a restricted airspace and you don't hear anything. You don't hear planes, you don't hear cars, all you hear is your own blood rushing through your veins. Um, so I, I mentioned that, you know, we were going to be doing some some Area 51 work. Uh, within, I'm going to say, two and a half, maybe three minutes, boom, I start getting the alerts on my devices. My cell phone my desktop. I'm not just talking about, you know, some kind of uh, an email. I mean like a physical alert that comes up saying somebody is accessing your email account. If you didn't authorize this, you better change your password. Now, this is very similar to what happened to me last year when the news story broke about the time anomaly that I had discovered between Las Vegas 
and Area 51, except in that case, it was even more extreme. I mean, it was like it, it affected... Actually, you know, maybe, I don't know if, it, it's hard for me to say because then I had the TV on and like my cable and my my whole, you know, TV system had warnings and alerts and stuff and I haven't actually turned it on today so maybe it's on there as well. But I started getting alerts on every electronic device that I have. Somebody is now accessing your stuff. So, of course, I... When I get that stuff, I take it seriously. I can tell the difference between something that's real and something that's fake. And so, you know, I went in and I, I took the uh, proper precautions to try to re-secure my accounts. But what I can tell you is that I don't know exactly who was doing this. I presume it's a branch of the U.S. government. I guess it's possible there could be another government involved. I, I, you know, it, it, today everything gets so confusing because the internet is, you know, it's a worldwide, uh, you know, source of, of communication that has little branches and arms that tap into every type of device you you can possibly imagine. But I presume it's the U.S. government because here I am in Las Vegas, I'm in touch with the media, I'm a guy who is capable of getting international media coverage, and I'm snooping around Area 51, so I guess, you know, when I start announcing to somebody uh, that I'm about to go do some investigations, especially since Dean and I are working together, and, you know, Dean has been on he's been on programs with me, we've we've done the travel channel, actually, um, we did the History Channel together, Stanley Superhumans. We did the National Geographic Channel. He worked with me on the Warner Brothers Project, the Apparition. I mean, like, uh, I, I can see why people would get a little interested, if not concerned, to see what Dean and I are going to be. <laughs> what these uh, these kids, the Scooby-Doo kids, are going to be poking their noses into around this area so that that raised some flags but here's the important point that i want to make um there's this show on the travel channel which lauren and i certainly have enjoyed watching it's called paranormal caught on camera and it smacks right back to you know the old days of like the 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 fox shows of paranormal footage or you know call it on camera kind of stuff and when you watch this show paranormal caught on camera some of this stuff looks fake and some of the people sound phony but then there's a big chunk of it i would say most of it actually does look good most of it looks authentic and uh, they have a variety of experts that come on and do commentary. Many of them are friends of mine, like Rosemary Elangali, for example. They do a great job adding context. So recently, Lauren and I were watching the show, and they had a segment about Area 51. A couple of guys, I, I think they said it was like father and son. I'm not sure. It may have been brother. I, I, a couple of guys who I think are related. They decided that they would get on their motorcycles and go tearing off through basically the restricted property around Area 51 here in Nevada. And these guys apparently had some cameras on their motorcycle helmets 
that must have been subtle enough that the average person wouldn't notice them because when they just blatantly disrespected the the boundaries and borders of Area 51 and went, you know, just hauling ass down this dirt path on their motorcycles, it didn't take long before the white truck came zooming up and a couple of guys get out that many people call the camo dudes. Okay, they're dressed in camouflage. And they are the security force around Area 51. They do not appear to be bona fide military men. You know, these are not enlisted men or whatever. It seems like the, the well, I think we all kind of know, the military has become rather notorious for contracting private companies like Blackwater and stuff like that to do some of their most sensitive work because if you actually have an official military man doing something well then legally you have to be more transparent about what's happening and you have to be accountable for it if something you know a dramatic occurs so the government has gotten really good about blurring that line by contracting private companies which are usually owned by guys who used to be in the military um, to do a lot of their work and this is what the uh, military industrial complex is all about that Eisenhower warned us about so many decades ago so you'd be surprised about how much of our current government operates based upon the military industrial complex so you you often will hire companies to put private you know quote unquote private people in positions of power and bless them with the ability to kill you and use lethal force and all that which is what happens around area 51 so you have this contracted force of security there which is just it's just a privatized version of u.s military security These guys, they come zooming up. Two guys jump out in camo. There's one big bald guy. You see him clearly in the footage. He pulls his pistol out, and he says, Put your hands up! Uh, And I I don't know if the guys weren't, like, immediately complying or whatever, and he goes, Put your fucking hands up! I'm not going to ask you again, you know? And and he's got this gun out, so, you know, it's a pretty serious situation. So... These guys raise their hands, the the motorcycle dudes, and so the camo guys, they come over, they, they pat them down, they search everything, they question them, and this is all being captured very clearly on this motorcycle helmet camera. And I guess, I, I, uh, I'd have to go back and re-watch it, but I, it looked kind of like maybe both of them had, had cameras on their helmets so that you, they were kind of able to cut a little bit back and forth. Uh, actually some pretty nice footage and so uh, so finally they didn't find any kind of like blatant contraband or, or weapons or spy gear or anything like that on these dudes and the guys were just saying oh you know we're just you know tourist adventurer you know so anyway one of the one of the camo guys says well I'm just gonna give you all a warning get the fuck out of here you know and they're like okay and so they left so I'm watching this footage on this show on the Travel Channel which 
to me, I'm sure this is, you know, a very realistic type of encounter that you would have if you were so disrespectful as to go there and to cross those boundaries that we all know are not supposed to be crossed, that have big signs that say, don't cross, you know, turn back, whatever. And they have these experts come on who are giving commentary, and one of the experts said something to the effect, well, I don't really think that there's anything at Area 51 anymore of, you know, it's, it's a distraction, you know, that everybody knows about it, so it's not a secret, and so it's just being used as a big distraction away from where the real secrets are. And that is a completely valid point of view, because I used to think the same thing. I used to think, well, hell, everybody knows about Area 51, right? And so why would they do anything secret at this destination when everybody knows about it? So now they must just use it as a big decoy. But turns out, I'm telling you that I think, no, actually, they really are. They really are still doing things there at Area 51. And I believe the reason is, number one, that location is so perfect. I mean, you, you have to go there and look at it from a military, you know, strategic sort of point of view to really understand how perfectly suitable, geographically speaking, this area is. For one thing, the the state of Nevada is owned, I think, about 86% by the government, more than any other state in the entire United States of America. That's one of the things that we talk about on the Creepy Vegas tour. I mean, the federal government owns almost all of this state. Um, various forms of government, you know, but certainly, you know, federal is a big part of it. And much of it is is just perfect, you know, blank testing ground desert landscape. And then you have these gigantic mountains that form barriers. I mean, geographically, you just could not ask for a better setup to secure a base than here. And so that's why they started using this place. Going back to at least the 1950s, and then, you know, they, they, they built all these facilities here. Um, I mean, you can't just abandon all that stuff overnight and, and start over somewhere else. This is the perfect place for those operations. And you, I've told you before, every single day, at least weekday, maybe I'm not sure about weekends, but at least every weekday, you have over 1,000 people who go to the airport here. And there is this special high, like, top secret clearance terminal where they get on what we know as the Janet Airlines that flies these people to Area 51 and back every day. They go there They go there in the morning and they turn around, they come back in the evening. And the only identifying marker on these planes is, you know, a red stripe. They're white and they have a red stripe and that's it. And you see them come and go. I mean, like to such an extent that if if you told me like you wanted to to capture one of these planes flying, I could tell you exactly where to be at exactly what time 
to capture this. I've got the schedule down, Pat, when these things are going to fly. And what does Janet mean? Nobody knows. Why do they call this airline the Janet Airline that transports these people back and forth? Nobody knows. The joke is, among locals, it stands for just another non-existent terminal. I don't know about that either, but they call it the Janet Airlines. Area 51 doesn't, you know, well, for years it didn't officially exist. Finally, there was an acknowledgement, but if you're a civilian pilot and you get too close to it, the tower that tells you turn around only identifies itself as dreamland. So if there are people out there who actually believe that Area 51 is not an active site that is actively working on stuff, let me just tell you, based upon what I have seen here, especially over the past year, being right here in Las Vegas, talking to people. There's no telling how many people in this town work for for the government. I mean, I've often thought if for one day everybody working for the government wore an orange shirt, you'd see an ocean of people in orange shirts. There are so many individuals associated with, with, with secrecy here. I have seen what happens when you start poking around at Area 51. And I'm telling you, they're doing something. I don't know for sure if it's UFO related, but I I feel 99% sure. Because, you know, I've been telling you for the, you know, the past couple years about this ATIP stuff. I mean, like, I'm not going to go back and recap all that for you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you just have to go back and listen for yourself and see what the Pentagon, you know, has admitted they're doing. The research they're doing, back engineering things right here in Las Vegas with Bigelow Aerospace and other contractors. And of course, you know that I uh, I have a lot of friends who are in high places and low places, but you know, mainly high places. I have friends who who like to talk about this stuff because it's it's just you know who wouldn't? It's interesting. It's interesting, and there's always this debate how much of this stuff should be kept from from the people. I don't know, but what I will tell you is that they are still actively doing something significant at Area 51. And if you're going to take a field trip there, there's not much of a point to doing it. You can go to Rachel where you have the little alien and I've certainly been there and when you go there you know you have the burger and you get your picture taken and all that but I am very very respectful of the fact that this is a real military installation I'm not one of these assholes who tried to ever go up and poke them and try to get them to react uh you know I never got I mean I've, I've, I've been right there, and that's as close as I need to be. I, I was not going to go up and agitate these people. And it's not because that I'm just trying to be, uh, you know, Mr. Nice Guy. It's because that I understand and I respect the fact that this is a real military installation. And I've said this time and time again. If in my research, which is paranormally based... 
I ever uh, inadvertently find something that I am told would somehow be harmful to the security of the United States, I will stop right then and there. I will not talk about it. I love my country. I, I, there's no way I would ever say or do anything that would compromise the security of this country. And so, if anybody listening has an interest in, you know, what, my snooping around, I'm just telling you right now, I can be shut down very quickly if I actually find something that you don't want me to talk about. And I was just mentioning recently how that I can look at the stats on this podcast and see the places where people are listening and I can't believe how many people listen in Arlington, Virginia. It's one of the top cities that listens to this podcast and let me explain to you, especially if you are not in the U.S., the significance of Arlington, Virginia. This is just the Wikipedia page. It's right outside of Washington, D.C., A number of federal agencies are headquartered in Arlington, including the Air Force Office of Scientific Research, DARPA, which is a huge one, by the way. DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. DARPA does the most cutting-edge work out there on taking science and using it for military strategy. Uh, you ha- you, I mean, you, ha- you have all kinds of stuff here. Uh, the, the Office of Naval Research, that's huge there. The United States Department of Defense, okay, it's there. The U.S. Department of Defense is there. I mean, I could go on with all these specifics, but I know a lot of people in Arlington, Virginia, are listening to this podcast, and I don't think it's just because we have a lot of you know lonely housewives in in Arlington, Virginia. So, I want to make it clear once again that for those of you who are interested in what I'm doing, you don't have to tap into my email or you know any of that crap. Uh, look, just just come and ask me, and I'll tell you. Okay, it's easy to find me. I'm sure you know exactly where I am. Half the time, I don't know where the hell I am. I go to Google. It tells me where I am. It tells me where I've been. I'm easily tracked. But I promise that I won't spill any beans that could be harmful. So again, the point of this is Area 51 is still a very active place and they want to know if you know something about what they're doing there so Dean and I and of course we have our lovely ladies we have a lot of plans for this week a lot of investigations that we're going to be doing I'm not going to tell you specifically about them all until they're done but I will tell you this Dean Worsing is the only person that I know who is an instructor of EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomena, at a college in Maryland. He has an official 
course that he teaches. And I am notoriously critical of EVP. And so Dean, he is looking forward to us doing some investigations at some I'm just going to, I'll just tell you, we're, we're going to go to some cemeteries. You know, he wants to go to some cemeteries, some graveyards. Um, and he says that he, he wants to do some sessions where we are trying to capture some EVP. And so I'm like, hell yeah, you know, I'm all for it. I want, I mean, I have captured EVP. I know this is real. Um, I've captured paranormal audio i just think that most of it like over 90 percent of it is exaggerated and i don't think that the research is being done properly in most cases from a research standpoint so dean is the perfect guy to work on a project like this where we go out in the field and he says you know here's my technique here's what's working for me and and dean knows even though we are such good friends he knows that i I'm going to be the devil's advocate and I will just constantly try to look for some more logical explanation for everything. And he's fine with that. He doesn't get his feelings hurt. Isn't that nice? I mean, that's when you know you have a true friend. When you can sit there and you can be critical and you can play devil's advocate and they don't get their feelings hurt. And that is what a good researcher is all about. He's a good, he, I mean, he's a real researcher. He's a real investigator. We don't agree on things, but we can criticize each other or whatever. And we realize it's all to make the whole situation healthier and to get closer to the truth. So here's what I've done. Um, you've heard me possibly talk about this before. Knowing that Dean wants to go out to some cemeteries and do some recordings I ordered two small, identical recorders. See, I'm trying to be as scientific about this as possible. Two small, identical recorders. And one of them is going to go into a little vacuum chamber, which I also ordered. I have one in Asheville. I don't, I don't have one out here. I ordered one that is supposed to arrive today. So I'm going to I'm going to put one so I, basically I'll sync them both up and so they're both recording at the same time and then one is going to go in the vacuum chamber and the other one will be outside the vacuum chamber. And this is in addition to other recorders because every recorder has its own unique quote-unquote personality. I'll have a certain recorder, Lauren will have one, Dean will have one, Anne will have one. So we'll have a lot of different recordings of everything happening simultaneously, and I'll just clap my hands like three times, and we'll sync up everything. So, but here's the thing about having it in a vacuum. So if you take, and I've done this, I've, I've demonstrated this many times, if you take a little electronic recorder and you hit the play button and it's playing some music and then you put it inside of a little bell jar that has a vacuum attached to it like a vacuum pump and I'm not talking about vacuum sealing food I mean you, it has to be a higher grade than that there are kits that are made for teachers and science classes 
that are trying to you know show vacuum um, characteristics what you do is you put this recorder in the vacuum and then you can hear the music playing because it's you know it's in this bell jar because uh, you haven't vacuumed the air out yet but when you start vacuuming the air out then the music it, it, it becomes fainter and fainter and fainter and then finally you can't hear the music anymore so you know that thing is sitting there playing music but you can't hear it because you're taking enough of the air out that it cannot the vibration cannot travel acoustically speaking from that recorder to the exterior of the bell jar and then into the ear that finally creates the vibration that hits your ear. So that's how you know you have a good vacuum seal when you can do that. So it works the opposite way. If you have a recorder in a vacuum like that, it's not going to be able to pick up the vibrations that are coming from the outside. So we were talking about this last night, and I've used this method many times. I even used it on an episode of Ghost Adventures at the Winchester Mansion, which, by the way, was voted by fans of the show Ghost Adventures the best experiment ever. Uh, The experiment that we did that involved this and other things. But, um, so... Here's here's why that you know like you should really pay attention to the results that we get from two recorders that are identical where one is in a vacuum and one is not. So the idea behind EVP is that often you cannot hear the ghost speaking because it's not moving air acoustically but it is instead somehow directly imprinting upon the device. So if we have these two recorders, one's the vacuum, one is not, and let's say we get a ghost who says, woo, and you only hear it on the one that is outside the vacuum, then that means that you can pretty pretty much rest assured that this is the product of air being moved, which means, well, Maybe a ghost, you know, would do that, but a human can easily do that, or something else could happen. A car could drive by that creates that sound, or it could brush along your trousers or whatever, and you get that kind of weird sound. But if you get the sound only in the vacuum, well, now that's really interesting. Because that means that something has affected the recording medium directly that has not moved air, which is more of what we think about in terms of the idea that EVP is electronic or electromagnetic, I should say. That, that there's something electromagnetic which is directly affecting the, the digital interface that you have with you know the chip inside of your recorder now if you get a sound on both of them that's really interesting 
Um, because then it's a little harder to tell what's going on, but you know that uh, probably it's just it's it's just it's a really hardcore electromagnetic interaction that's happening directly with at least directly with the medium of both. So by putting a recorder in a, in a vacuum and outside a vacuum, it gives you a lot of extra information about what what's happening. So when I go into the field with Dean to do some EVP work, my goal is to incorporate that along with whatever techniques he has and I'll see what we capture and then if we actually capture something that seems to be notable here is my promise to you I'm gonna take that EVP and before I tell you what I think of it I'm gonna play it for at least 10 strangers who have no idea what the hell this is all about okay I mean it just could could be a neighbor could be a bartender you know whatever the clerk working at the gas station i'll say listen what does this say and i'll play it just completely out of context and see if that person can tell me what it says because to me that is my field test when it comes to an evp recording if you play it for the random individual on the street, can they tell you consistently what it says? So I will do that as the final step if we get something before I play it for you. So you'll know it's that good, it's that clear. So we have, gosh, you know, I could just go on and on. We have a really interesting week ahead of us. But that's one of the reasons i got to jump off here. I have a lot of other stuff going on today, but I wanted to at least give you this update while I could. I'll tell you this one last thing. So, you know, I've been promoting my new Creepy Vegas tour here in Las Vegas. I created it. I wrote it. And Nick Weird is the guide. who He's a native of Vegas who delivers it. And today, today, we launched a Groupon campaign and the deal on Groupon is so ridiculously good that the only reason that I agreed to do this was because this is a new venture and whenever you're getting something new off the ground I want to give everybody the opportunity to get in there experience it and start spreading word of mouth this Groupon deal is, I'm telling you, it's so good. I almost cringe when I look at it. I'd much rather you go to creepyvegas.com directly and buy a ticket at full price so I can feed my babies. Actually, you know what? I just, I don't have any babies. See, that's, I can't even afford babies. But no, seriously, guys, seriously. This is a business. Nick Weird doesn't work for free. You know, he gets paid. I'd much rather you go to creepyvegas.com and buy a ticket at $19.95, which is nothing, especially in this town, and, and, you know, get it at full price. But if you go to Groupon right now 
and you type in Creepy Vegas, you're going to find an insane deal. And I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You'll see how much you can save. You, know, you can save almost 50% under certain circumstances. But it's a time-sensitive offer. So I'll let you go there and see that on your own. But I'm very happy to be working with Groupon for this because, like I say, when you're getting something like this off the ground, and we've, we've only had uh, two of these officially, um, you want word of mouth. That's very important. You want you know that to spread. So that's why we're doing the Groupon thing for Creepy Vegas. Go there. Check it out. Um, also, I only have just like I think three of the Vortex wands are left. I mentioned this recently. I said I had ten, and I believe we have three left right now. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, you can learn about the uh, Vortex wand, and very soon when you go there, it will have big red letters that say sold out, and uh, this is going to be discontinued because it's just uh it's hard to get these things i don't make them i have to import them and then we go through a big process and we treat them specially and so uh we just don't have the time to do that so if you go to joshuapwarren.com and go to the curiosity shop if it doesn't say sold out then maybe um you'll still be able to get one of the vortex wands also at joshuapwarren.com Remember, there's no period after the P. You'll find a link to this podcast called Joshua P. Warren Daily. Always short, always free, independent, uncensored. If you click the link to this podcast, then you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will usually tweet when a new one is available. So, that is it for today. I will do my best to uh, check in whenever I can this busy week as I'm out there in the field. But thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. <laughs>